What does it take to win? What does it take to be a winner? I'm here to answer those questions, and today I'm joined by GOP media consultant Ben Yoho. Ben is CEO of the Strategy Group out of Ohio. He oversees one of the premier political media shops in the nation with some of the biggest races in the country. But as we discuss here, it's not always those big races that teach you how to win. How you been, man? I'm great. You know, actually getting to catch up on some sleep. It's starting to slow down. Um, you got you know, most last, your ads out the door? Yeah, last minute media buys. But for the most part, I think we, you know, we'll ship our last creatives today. Um, at that point, it's just like last minute anxious, you know, hey, we have an extra couple thousand bucks. Where can we put it? Um, yeah. It's fun seeing where, you know, you can find the most efficient use for those weekend dollars. But yeah, it's uh, nice to see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's nice. It's nice getting to that age or that point in our careers where we're no longer knocking on doors over the weekend. And, uh, you know, basically my friends are always asking me, they're like, Oh, you're not going to sleep this week. I'm like, actually past Wednesday, you know, the ads are out the door. The ad buys are made. We'll be placing some last minute digital buys. And obviously my team does social media until the very end, but for the most part, like the hard stuff's done for us. Yeah. Hey, man, it was it hit me this weekend. And you I don't know if you go through this. It really hits me at post-election. But there's almost like this um, uh, lack of being needed. It, it kind of creates like this uh, depression or, or loneliness, if you will. And so this weekend, the phone wasn't ringing. And it's like, well, what do I do with my time? So I've been slacking at the gym. So I found time to get back in and start, you know, working on the you know physical and mental health. Um, so I saw you post on tweet on, on Twitter like 4 a.m. Man, out, out at yeah. the gym. Yeah, yeah. I, there, there's no other way for me. It's you know either get up and get the day going or or you miss it. Um, I, I get up at four too because by the time the kids are awake, my day's done. Yeah, because yeah. I help get them to school and stuff in the morning, and it's you know they're up at uh, six thirty. So I got you know it's like get up, drink some coffee, get the run in, hit the weights. They're up then it's time to get them to school and get to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I don't have that. So I still oh, you don't, have, you don't have my, kids. No, sir. So I still have the luxury of, you know, my schedule. Um, I just, I, I'm a firm believer of, you know, when, when the emails start coming, phone calls, like I just, I, I zone it, focus on that and be there for my colleagues and, and for our clients. And by the time I get home, I've never been a late night, um, workout guy. I just, yeah, um, I can't, you're, you're, you're done. I'm ready to, the, the brain's fried. I'm ready to, to recoup, but yeah, I, it's, um, it's, it's been good for me. I, I started back in things after the 2018 election it was the heaviest I got. And uh, I was severely overweight and uh, body fat percentage was incredibly high and it was creating some, some health issues. And my yeah. buddy dropped my house one day and said, you can afford a trainer, but you're going to do it. And uh, I'll be there every step of the way. And I get obsessed with things pretty quickly. And so yeah. for two years, went hardcore on that and, um, you know, saw abs for the first time. I was like, well, I checked. <laughs> Next box was I was always kind of the scrawny weak guy. And so then I got into Olympic lifting and, you know, go back and forth on that. But yeah, I, I follow follow your your journey and your wife's journey in, in fitness. And I think it's a good thing. And listening to your last couple of podcasts and talking about our industry specifically, yeah. I, I think it's, it's extremely needed, not just for the physical health, but for the mental health. Yeah, it's bad. Um, you know, obviously there's the not sleeping and eating pizza and, and alcoholism is rampant in our industry. But um, 
the the stress and the anxiety that people are putting on themselves also you know i think stress is probably even a bigger killer in our industry than the alcohol and you know nobody talks about that a lot and you see a lot of depression and you see a lot of uh, high divorce rates and um guys uh, turn into gambling and things of that nature all because of the the bipolar nature of this this industry we're in where it's the constant highs and the constant lows um, you know, it's funny. I was actually just talking to Ryan Mahoney in, in Georgia about what you said about um, you know coming off a of campaign season because it reminds me of coming off of a big endurance event. Because you know whether it's an Ironman or like an ultra marathon, these big races, nobody talks about it. But you go through depression afterward because your chemicals in your body spike so high. And I think the yeah. same thing happens at the end of an election too, right? Because your stress is so high and your adrenaline's running. And all your hormones end up being off so that once you get past the election, you know, your phone's not buzzing, your, you know, your email's not blowing up and your chemicals are starting to kind of come down to a normal level. So you start getting into this kind of weird mental state and it always hits me over the holidays. Yeah. What's your source of dopamine? I mean, it, it, yeah. when you look at the science of it, it's, it's pretty simple, but it, I think, you know, in particularly in pr- particular being, a, being a, a man in a very aggressive industry, mm-hmm. um, I, I think women go through this as well. Um, you are, you have to always be on, uh, you have to have very strong confidence in, in your decision-making and, and what you're doing. And so it, it's, it's very difficult to let go, let alone to talk about it. Yeah. And so, you know, finding those 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 things to that can be an outlet for you. I, I call the gym church. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. mean to offend anybody, but um, it, it, it is is a form of me uh, allowing myself to get the demons out, if you will. Um, and I encourage a lot everyone I talk to. It's whether it's getting up and just going for a walk, or actually going to the gym and lifting weights, or you know whatever you can handle, but to do something to get the blood flowing and clear the mind. You know, before you 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 start the day, you know, in any industry, but this one in particular, mm-hmm. it's a lot of loud voices, and you're, you're you're sorting through a lot of a lot of major ego. You really are. I, mean, I call it uh, Sunday. It's always been my long run day. I call it Church of the Church of the Sunday Long Run. And uh, I tell you, man, for me, I, I've got a broken foot right now, and I haven't been able to run for like six months. Uh, I attempted a hundred miler, got to mile seventy one before I uh, fractured my foot. And not having that outlet right now is really, really messing with my mind because it's it's taken part of my identity away too. Because you know I, I don't run; I am a runner, and to not have that right now is killing me. So um, I've replaced it by trying to gain some weight and put on some muscle. So I'm hitting the gym like you are, and um, I've always lifted a little bit just for those running muscles. But this is the first time I've actually done bodybuilding. So uh, you know, trying to put on like. Yeah. yeah, trying to put on like 25 pounds and for a runner with a skinny frame, it hadn't been very easy. Honestly, man, the working out has been easy. The eating 4,500 calories a day, that's that's the hard part of, of trying to gain muscle. It, it's it's very very difficult in the time in the timing of it too, um, and how that impacts your your sleep and and you you mentioned hormones earlier, but your hormones the next day, you know have you know in, in particular when you're looking at you know protein intake intake. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, seriously. So you, you said you don't have kids. You're not married either. No, I have a, a serious girlfriend. Um, okay. You see, I'm in Ohio. We split time, you know, hoping that once we get through this cycle that, you know, we I, can have more consistency. But, yeah. I thought I saw a girl on Instagram, <laughs> um, but I wasn't sure if that was your, your wife or girlfriend. Got it. Got it, man. So what's, um, what's, what's your big ones? This, this cycle, what are you working on? 
Yeah, we have some fun ones. Uh, you know, probably the in terms of the audience, uh, what most people are, are watching or hearing about is Carrie Lake for governor in Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. That that has taken a significant amount of uh, my time in particular, and, and our company is one of a few uh, that are assisting the uh, uh, Mrs. Lake on um, production, and then we're the head media buyer for her. Um, nice. There's also a competitive attorney general's race there with Abe Hamaday. So we're uh, doing that. Um, Utah Senate, Mike Lee versus McMullen. That's been mm-hmm. a very up and down, strange campaign, you know, with the, uh, you know, Lincoln Project and, and and Democrats trying to hide Evan as like an independent, if you will. Yeah. Um, but I exposed him with a, a lot of outside help as well. That, that race shouldn't be as close as it is. Is it still pretty close or is Lee, I haven't paid attention in about a month, but has Lee started to pull away a little bit? He has. Uh, once yeah. McMullen was exposed for what's really, you know, behind him and and what he stands for, it, it you know, opened up. But that those things take some time, you know, to, to burn in. And it's an interesting state when you look at, you know, you're really in the it's the Salt Lake media market. And so there's a lot of clutter real quick. Um in in when you look at the the, the political environment and the anxiety of you know Republican and Democrat, um uh you know there's there's not much to to move there. And mm-hmm. and I, I just have a feeling that, and I love our friends in the polling community, and uh, there, I, there's, there's there's a lot of good data out there. But I, you know, it kind of reminds me of 2016, a little bit of 2010. That I, I think there's going to be a portion of um, these unknowns uh, that are going to turn out in, in pretty big forces that we just have never been able to, uh, you know. Um, land a survey on which aren't reflected in in, in some most of these poll, polls that we're getting back across the country but utah mike senator mike lee will be returning to the u.s senate and i'm very confident he'll have a a, a nice healthy uh margin and when you go outside of that it's a lot of competitive congressional races um most of them are, are looking pretty good but excited to see if we can flip new hampshire one back with caroline lovett yep. uh, take out sean caston in illinois six and in terms of incumbent retention yvette harrell seems to be you know, I, I, it's my opinion, but I think a lot of our friends in D.C. would would agree as well that um, in terms of incumbent retention, that's probably the toughest race in, in America. They, they really did a number on that redistricting. Um, yeah. And it, it's it's tight, but uh, we're doing that's what we're when I get off this call, that's what we're jumping over to. So and then you and I are doing the South Carolina first together. Nancy yeah. Mace and uh, she's going to be fine. She's going to win. Yeah, yeah. But, Her, uh, just like a lot of them. I mean, it, some of the kookiest. Uh, ideals and um she's for some crazy shit yeah, yeah. I, I i don't get it um nancy I, I i like to joke i mean she's the bane of my existence um she's a close friend but she that woman is she she never stops working ever she's probably the hardest working politician i've ever um teamed up with so that means i uh, go to bed to text i wake up to text all weekend but she's just a hustler, man. That that woman works her ass off, and that's how it should be. I mean, that, when when you look at the art of political campaigning, I mean, the, you know, you, you look at the title of your podcast. I mean, that really yeah. boils down the, the difference between the winners and losers, but also the the constituents. You know, the American people. That's what they deserve. You know, they're they're electing you to go to work for them every single day, and you know, whether that's on the political battlefield or in the halls of the legislature. You know that that's what I hope people expect out of their out of their yeah, lobby. Exactly. So you've been doing this a long time, man. So Phil Vangelakis in my office just told me he met you on the campaign trail like 20 years ago. So yeah. It sounds, it sounds like you've been in it. Uh, so I'm 42. 
got my first campaign gig when I was 15. So, you know, 27 years, it flies by. Um, so you've been yeah. in it a long time. What's tell me, tell me a good story, man. What's one, what's a good story that you learned a lot from? Yeah. Um, well, so real quick on Phil, I love Phil and, uh, you're, you're very blessed to, to have him, uh, that congressional race that we met each other on. Um, we, I was doing grassroots for, uh, Hal Valache and he was managing, uh, Congressman Rooney's, uh, campaign. Uh, and then there was a couple third parties, but, um, a classic, uh, showdown before really the rise of, um, digital of, of TV versus mail. And, yeah. and so it, it, that has continued to be a case study, you know, for me when we sit down with the candidates and we, we, we talk about advertising as a whole versus these silos. Um, yeah. Bill's you know, been it, a godsend on my campaign, um, on my office, man. He's, he's, he's living in Atlanta now. With, yeah. I, I see him on Fox news every once in a while. Just speaking dude, behind Herschel. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, um, you know, he's basically living in the campaign office. They got an Airbnb in Atlanta, but, um, the other day, he actually, I don't know if you saw it on Fox News, where he jumped in front of like six news cameras. Yep. It was, it was at, to, to break up a Warnock press conference. It was crazy. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, to get into it, um, you know, I went to work in politics um, with, for my hometown congressman. I was friends with his uh, son and daughter, uh, kind of fell in love with it. I, I wanted to go work in the coal mine for my dad, and my dad wasn't having any of that. Um told me try to you know if i really wanted to help try to find a job that would you know keep the coal industry alive because he we used to sit around the dinner table and once a week he'd make a you know a joke but there's a lot of truth in jokes that you know he wasn't sure how long he'd be employed because it seemed like every time every elected official was going after coal um you know at that time that was the rise of cap and trade if you will and um you know i met congressman you know bob nay started to do some just volunteer work and then some low level grassroots campaign work for him. He had his issues uh, that caught up with him um, in the, in the Jack Abramoff scandal. Um, And so when he went away to prison um, at that time, I decided, you know, I, I, that was a model to me and decided I'll I'll go do something different. And so I was working at FedEx finishing college and um, Congressman Paul Gilmore passed away. And I think within 24 hours, I um, got a phone call asking if I'd want to go help out, you know, put together the ground game um, for that uh, campaign. Uh, it was going to be a short sprint special election. That was in 2007. Um, very contested primary. Uh, Bob Latta uh, was my guy. He ran against Steve Gurr in the primary, um, defeated him and went on to Robin Wyrick. Um, and that was actually when you when you uh, asked me to think about lessons learned. Um, that's the race that really sticks with me through, throughout my career. Obviously, I wasn't working in advertising. I was, you know, putting walkbooks together and, you know, motivating volunteers and going and, you know, knock on doors and a special election that was in the winter. I don't know if you remember the movie Dumb and Dumber, but I used to laugh when you come back to the house and, you know, people literally had like snot frozen to their faces. <laughs> um, but it, it's just, but that, you know, that shows a winning campaign, like things like that. When I look at what people put themselves through, uh, you know, to achieve the goal, you know, that's a common theme. You know, just as you mentioned, Nancy, yeah. Mace, you know, we worked out, worked everyone there. And, and really with Bob, um, what I witnessed was, you know, everybody washes windows. Yeah. So whether you're the principal or you're the intern, you know, we all do the dirty work and, you know, Congressman Latta and his wife, 
although he had to raise the money, he had to stand in front of the cameras and talk, debate, and do that, you know, all the different things that candidates do. You know, every single evening he was in there with his wife making volunteer phone calls. And the top volunteer caller at that time was was his wife, followed by by the congressman. And that that just always stuck with me that, you know, here's a guy that's an elected official raising millions of dollars. He's on broadcast TV. Thousands of people are rallying behind him to volunteer on any given day. And in, he's in there doing that work on yeah. top of the other things he needs to do. And so it just always stuck with me. You just everybody washes windows. And, and that's how I like to, you know, lead our company currently. And, and, you know, I, you know, as much as the candidates take a chance with us and trust us with, um, you know, the messaging of their campaign and distribution of that, you know, we always ask our, our clients to, you know, um, also help us spread that message uh, to their team, keep it in the back of their minds, and, and we'll do the same. No, I love it, man. You know, specifically, we like to talk about the sexy races. We like to talk about Carrie Lake and Herschel Walker and, you know, J.D. Vance and uh, Oz and Fetterman. We'd like to talk about these big, sexy races because that's what it's what's on TV. It's what Fox News and CNN, MSNBC is talking about. But Specifically, the majority of races in America, what were there 500,000 elected officials in America? Almost all of them are small races, right? Mm -hmm. They're city council, county council races, state house races. You know, here in South Carolina, I still do all the IE work for the South Carolina Senate Republican Caucus. These are ground game races, man. These aren't races that we're spending a bunch of money on on TV or digital. These are these are the races you win just by through sheer hard work, just by who's knocking on the most doors, who's who's calling the most people. And, you know, when we, we have these little podcasts, everybody likes to come on and talk about these bigger ideas about messaging and such. But, you know, when you're talking about, you know, a local congressional race or um, or like a state house race, council race, these races aren't won on messaging. Yeah, they're they're won on watching windows, right? And I always tell like my state Senate races, my state Senate candidates, the best campaigns have a, a balance of hard work and money. But the less money you have, the more hard work you have. You have to put in. You know, it's the yeah. more doors you got to knock on. It's the more calls you got to make. And it's you know, it's always those candidates that put in that time. They're the, they're the ones that win. Yeah, hundred percent. Winners put in the hard work. Right, hundred percent. You know, it, it it perfect example, and I'll I'll leave the campaign's name out of it. But um, very one one of the ones you mentioned, very big statewide uh, campaign. Um, you know, our job is media, right? We're hired to do media, and these campaigns have hundreds of kids on payroll. Got you know, mm -hmm. guys and girls in college, just out of college. That this is the first time because there is a lack of talent pool. And, and that has oh, yeah. been since the 2016 presidential. But if, if, if we as practitioners that are in our silos don't help teach the next generations, you know, how to properly use, you know, modeling, what, you know, how mm -hmm. to pull it down, where to put it, how to get the walkbooks built, you know, in, in, on the, on the mobile devices, you know, how to make sure your digital vendor, you know, uh, is uploading the, you know, the first party data, how you refresh that as absentee ballots come in. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if we're not teaching that, who is, and, and I, I realized that this cycle out of frustration, frankly, out of my, you know, my, my ego started to come up like, why aren't we doing this? And yeah, that's well, no one's no one's taught it. You, you know, know I, you've you've hit the nail on the head. One of the biggest problems I see right now is a lack of talent. Uh, one thing I did this cycle differently is I actually picked up a couple extra staff that I didn't need. 
because I, I saw two young guys interested in politics that are very talented. I didn't necessarily have the work for them, mm-hmm. but I knew that I would in the future. So, you know, I'm paying them and, and finding stuff for them to do. But more than anything, this cycle, I'm just trying to nurture and teach these guys so that I can have that bench because there's just, I, I don't know what it is, man, because when you and I were coming up through politics, I like to joke and say that we were the West Wing generation mm-hmm. because at that time I was competing against a lot of people for jobs. And I, you know, I could name 20 guys right now. And I think a lot of it is I am where I am today because I just outlasted them. Mm-hmm. But today I don't see anybody really competing for these jobs. You see vendors competing and pitching against each other. But you know, I every day someone's calling me and saying, Hey, I need a comms director. Hey, I need a political director. I need, I need some build guys. And I don't have anywhere to send them. But when you and I were coming up through this, it just seems like there were just a ton of people. Yeah. I can, and you know, I can come up with probably a variety of reasons, but I really believe in 2016 when you had such a a laundry list of Republican, um, you know, candidates in that primary. You had campaigns hiring guys and girls right out of college um, to be a, the comms director, you know, a, a top position with with zero experience. And then they come off those campaigns, and there's a, a sense of elevation, like, well, I need to make X, and I need to have Y title, and I won't work on the Z type races or or elected officials. And I, I believe the industry kind of folded, you know, to that. Um, and, and, and so now you're in a position where you don't have uh, a huge pool uh, for placing people on campaigns and the folks that come out of the campaign, that's like the new model. So if, you know, you, you don't get a couple cycles under your belt of, you know, the hand to hand combat and guerrilla warfare of a, of a political campaign, it is very much, you know, vendor driven. Um yep. I agree with you on that, you know, and I'll tell you, even there's so much happening now, I've felt less of an anxiety, even in that, in that, in, in that situation, you know, I, I see less and less of our, um, I call them friendly competitors. I, you know, I have uh, learned to, um, we, we do much better uh, as a whole uh, than against each other um, over the years, but you see much and much less of each other um, because there's, there's so much work. And, you know, which I think is great, you know, if you can find those people and cultivate them like you're talking about, you'll be able to, you know, I think the long, when you're playing in the long run, that's going to pay off for you very well. Um, But I I worry quite a bit. And I think we're seeing some of it this cycle with uh, some agencies, um, um, you know, regardless of the services that they're providing that took on more than they were able to provide because the talent wasn't there. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, you're, you're having to step in and do something that you weren't necessarily hired to, to, you know, help keep exposure from, you know, people that you care about and um, even people that you don't, but you, you know, you, you want to see people succeed and and cheer them on, but it'll be real interesting to see how the, you know, industry, you know, develops it. I mean, everybody has their opinion. That's just mine, but. No, I I agree. But you're also seeing the proliferation of like these mega firms. And I'm not saying it's a good or bad trend, but it is an interesting trend to watch. Yeah. So the industry's yeah. the industry's changing pretty quick. What listen, brother, I know you got to get those last ads out the door. So I'll let you go. But man, so what seven six days. So good luck on everything. Yeah. Th- same to you. I appreciate everything. You guys are killing it. Love watching what you're doing. Um, you know, go Herschel. I I love seeing him rise in the in the polls and confident you guys are gonna 
close, whether it's a election day or a runoff. I'm, I'm praying for yeah, you. Yeah, my, my, my election might be going another 36 days. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fun thing about that, the fun thing about, you know, the runoffs is um, the comp, the, you know, the competitiveness of the outside groups and, you know, vendors and, and, and you, know, uh, you know, all the different personalities. What I, what I love about it is the whole, our whole um, world of, you know, Republican political practitioners always unite. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it, it's fun to see that spotlight put on and, and all the great, you know, minds come together to, to assist in whether form or, you know, fashion they, they can. I, I hope you avoid the runoff, but if you do, I'm, I'm confident you have, you know, everyone uh, with the R label uh, behind you to, to, to finish it and send our best to Phil. He's I'll, doing an amazing job. I'll do it, brother. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Have a great time.